John chapter 5, and I want to begin reading with verse 1, and we're going to read nine verses and make a few comments on it. I love to read what the Bible has to say about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I find as I read through the scriptures that the Lord Jesus Christ never went anywhere by mistake. He never did anything and had to retract it. He never was reacting to anything. He's always in the active mode. And so as we read here, we find in verse 1 of John chapter 5, these words, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. After this. Now, we've already had four chapters of the book of John, and some wonderful things have been mentioned in those four chapters. In fact, the chapter prior to this The Lord must needs go through Samaria. And there he met a woman at Jacob's well. And before she left, before he left, he had revealed himself to her as the Messiah. Now she had heard about the Messiah, but now she had seen him face to face, the Lord Jesus. So many things have taken place up to this point. And we find that the Lord Jesus, he went up to Jerusalem. Now there is a feast there, it tells us. And I read a little bit, and very few people can come to a conclusion exactly what feast that was. But there were three particular feasts that were mentioned in the Old Testament that Israelites, the male Israelites in particular, were to go to. One of them was the Feast of Pentecost. One of them was the Feast of Tabernacles. And one of them was the Feast of Passover. Well, it doesn't tell us exactly which one that was, but we find that the Lord is up there. Now, it tells us that he went up to Jerusalem because he had an appointment. Now, that word is not used in the scripture, but we find that principle is used wherever we find the Lord Jesus. He had an appointment to keep. There was an appointment that had been made, and he was going to keep it. Now, that appointment was made in the covenant of grace, and he was going to keep that appointment Don't you like going to a doctor and they keep their appointments? Uh, I I like being able to make an appointment and go there. Well, the Lord has already had an appointment and he's going to make sure that it is carried out. Because he is in charge of all things. He is God Almighty. Now, he has an appointment. And I know this because of what it says in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 shares some information about this Lord that we're talking about, this Jesus that we're reading about that is going up to Jerusalem. He had an appointment. He says here in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11, it says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, when God had an appointment or a purpose. He didn't ask anybody. He just made that appointment after the counsel of his own will. He's in charge. He's king. He's ruler. He's master. And the Lord Jesus is that as wherever he went. Now, we read about him being crucified, but you know what he had to say about that? No man taketh my life from me. I lay it down of myself. So no one took it. He submitted to it. Why? In the covenant of grace, it was determined this is the only way he can ever save people from their sins. He must go to the cross and pay for it. So we think of them doing a horrific thing, 
But the church delights in him going to the cross. We have forgiveness as a result of it. Now in verse 2 it says, Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool. Now what would a sheep market be doing in Jerusalem? This is where people who had the uh, desire to offer a sacrifice could go by a lamb. And it is right close to a pool. And it tells us here in verse 2 of John chapter 5, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda. Now, this Hebrew tongue is what the Jews had been using throughout the Old Testament. It's still in effect during the New Testament times. They're speaking their native tongue. But this also shares with us that this pool has been named this for some time, Bethesda. This pool is named Bethesda. It says they're having five porches. Now, the Lord Jesus is on purpose going to this place. You know, I would think, why wasn't he going to the temple for some reason? Why wasn't he going to go talk to the high priest for some reason? Well, those things were not part of this. He had an interest in to go one place, and that was at this pool of Bethesda, And this is where he is going and going directly. It says there in verse 3 of this chapter, it says, In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. Now, can you imagine the Savior going to a hospital when there's a temple there? Yes. What a great blessing that he would go to a hospital, even though there's a great temple there. He went to this hospital. He he was directed by his own purpose to go to the pool in Jerusalem called Bethesda. He wasn't going to the temple to meet with the high priest. And he wasn't going to the religious thing uh, at this feast time. Now, he may have participated in whatever was required at this feast. But that is left out because the most important thing is shared with us in this passage of Scripture. He's going to a place where there's a lot of sick people, impotent folk, people that are unable to take care of themselves, people that have broken legs and broken arms. They're unable to move. And we're going to run into one of those guys. This passage of Scripture tells us he had a place he intended to go. It is a pool in Jerusalem called Bethesda. And this pool, the very name of Bethesda means house of mercy. Now we're going to see the God Almighty, the Lord Jesus, go there and demonstrate what it is to have mercy, to give to somebody something they don't deserve. That's mercy. Now we ask when he goes to that pool, you know, some people might say, well, there must have been a Bible study going on there. Or there or there was a, a religious debate going on there. Or there was a council called to discuss the law going on there. Or there was a conference of, of political figures. But you know, every one of those things I just mentioned is not why he went there. There wasn't a Bible study. And there wasn't a council. And there wasn't a discussion about the law. There was no conference with political figures There was one person at that pool of Bethesda that he was interested in visiting with. Many there, one gets to be visited with. In verse 3 it says, And there lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, 
waiting for the moving of the water. Now, in the next verse, it tells us what they were waiting for. It appears that there was an angel that came down and stirred the water. And as long as there was ripples on the water and you got were the first one to get in it, you might be healed. Well, there's a whole bunch of folks waiting for that to happen. And now we, we listen to this. It says in verse 4, For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, and whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. So can you imagine people waiting for that to happen? When the invisible angel came down, stirred the water, and they would be the first in. Well, we would probably say the first next to the pool would be the ones that get in first. And we have a man that can't walk, and he tells us that he can't, and he doesn't have anybody to help him. He tells that. It tells us here in verse 5, and a certain man was there. Now, often we find that that's used in the scriptures, and particularly about the ministry of the Lord Jesus. A certain man, a certain woman, someone he has an appointment with, someone that he intends to go see, someone that he has had plans to go see. And that's what he woke up this morning to go do was to go to the pool of Bethesda to go down to this hospital and be among a whole bunch of folks that were blind and halt and couldn't move. And here he is in and among them. And nobody that was a, a priest or nobody that was an official of the Levites would ever go into that place. You know why? It was against the law for them to be around those folks. But you know, it's a blessing that we have a Savior that doesn't mind going around sick folk, blind folk, people that are unable to see spiritual things or talk spiritual things or hear spiritual things. He's the one that goes heals our spiritual ears and eyes and gives us ability to walk. Now they're waiting for a movement of the water and this certain man, it says in verse six, and when Jesus saw him lie there, and knew that he had been a long time in that case, he saith unto him. Now, how long had he been there? 38 years. He had been in this condition for 38 years. Now, that to me is a long time. He has had this infirmity for 38 years. Well, I can't help but believe that he had some interest in someone else helping him, but nobody could. Like we find another woman that she went to many doctors and spent all that she had but came out no better but worse. Well, I'm, I'm convinced that this man too went and had conferences with doctors. They couldn't help him. There was nothing he could do. He's been this way for 38 years and probably he'll die this way with this infirmity. Well, the Lord saw him lie there and he knew that he had been a long time in that case. He saith unto him, now, that's an interesting thing about the Lord Jesus. He knew all about this man, and he'd never visited with him before. He knew all about us. He knows our frame. He knows how we are. He knows what we're like. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, we all have to come before him with whom we have to do. We come naked before him with whom we have to do. We have a God that knows us inside and out. God that knows our heart and our mind. We have a God that knows that all about us. And this is the Lord coming to this man. Never had a record of him ever being in that place before or after. And yet he walks up to a certain man that has this 38-year infirmity and asks him one question. Verse 6. 
He says, wilt thou be made whole? He asked him, would you be made whole? Now the man answered in an interesting way. The impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled. Now, isn't that interesting? Jesus asked him, wilt thou be made whole? And he didn't respond, can you do that? Are you able? How would that happen? He gets to looking at just the natural thing. I'm not able to get down in that pool in time. I'm not able to get down when that angel comes. I'm not able to get down there when it starts to stir and and somebody gets in always ahead of me. That's what he goes on to say. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, and you know, the only way he can do that is drag himself. While I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Boy, he's always been second place. He's tried. He knows that this is the time, but he cannot get there. The Lord Jesus had just asked him, wilt thou be made whole? And now he gives us this long description. I'm unable to get down there by myself. Nobody is here to help me. Well, I like what the Lord had to say next. He didn't ask him again, would you like to be made whole? He simply says this, and then we find the results. You know, the Lord demonstrates here that he is in charge, that he is, he, is, he is the boss right here. He was on a direct mission to this hospital, this place where all of these impotent folks were. All these halt and blind and maimed were laying around, and he had one person in mind that day to go visit with, and he comes up with a question, would you be made whole? And the man begins to talk about all of the impossibilities that he's now facing. It's impossible. I'll never get down there. And the Lord said to him, Jesus saith unto him. Oh, before we answer or read that part, does anyone know what the name Jesus means? Well, of course you do. They shall call his name Jesus. This is before he's born, and then he's called this after he's born. They shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, that's a delightful name. That's a name I would like to hear something about. The promise is he shall save his people from their sins. Well, here he said in verse 8 of this scripture reading in John chapter 5, Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Well, how long is he going to be in this condition? It says immediately. Immediately, the man was made whole. It is wonder that it's a wonderful thing that the Lord doesn't ask us to contribute. Because the only thing we could contribute is, I can't get down in the pool. He didn't ask this man to contribute a thing. He didn't ask him to do anything. He didn't ask him to raise his hand or consent to anything. He simply said, will you be whole? And he gives this description of why he can't be whole. And then the Lord says, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And verse 9, and immediately the man was made whole. 
38 years in this condition, and the next thing we do is seeing him walk. Now, I saw this in a movie one time. I can't remember what the name of the movie was. And Jesus did this, and this man spends about five minutes finally trying to stand up and get his legs under him, you know, like a newborn deer or something. That's not what we find in this passage of Scripture. This man didn't go through any of that process. This man stood up and walked. He hadn't done it for 38 years, but he was given the ability of doing it instantly and immediately. And he got up and walked. And not only did he do that, he took up his bed. Now, whatever it was, whether it was two poles with a sheet between it or whatever, that somebody carried him down there, I don't know. But he had the ability of getting up and walking and carrying his bed and... We find the next thing that is said there was on the Sabbath day. We're not going to read on from this point, but you know what? This man and Jesus himself were in trouble by the religious people because he healed on the Sabbath day. Don't you think Jesus knew what day of the week it was? Of course he did. He knew it was the Sabbath and he knew he was going to rile some people because he healed on the Sabbath. But you know what he said? I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm in charge of this. I created the heavens and the earth. I gave seven days in a week. I created them. I'm in charge of them. And I'll do whatsoever I please on whatsoever day I please to do it with whomever I please to do it with. So he did that. He came in. There's not one record that he spent any other time with any other person in that whole place. He spent it with a certain man. And that certain man that Jesus Christ dealt with stood up took his bed and walked out of there on his own power and he hadn't had the ability for 38 years. Now that's the kind of man, that's the kind of God, that's the kind of God man I want to be acquainted with is someone who can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think because we don't even know how to pray as we should. Just as he said, will, will you, uh, he said, wilt thou be whole? Mm, man oh, stumbled around with some excuses and Jesus just wrote that off and said, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. What power we have seen in Jesus Christ the Lord. And the services that we've been up here, we've just talked about several of the incidents that the Lord dealt with people that had infirmities that nobody else could deal with, and he's able to take care of it. You know what? There is an issue that we all have that we can't take care of ourselves, and that's the issue of sin. There's only one that can do it. Jesus. They shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And he's the Savior. And he doesn't ask for participation. He simply says, I will save my people from their sins.